Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues today on the topic of brave conversations, and we'll be focusing on mental illness as we look deeper into Mark chapter 5. Let's dig in. One of the things that we have been very clear about as we have gone through these last few days of conversation about mental illness is that the church has not historically done a great job of bringing light to the topic of mental illness. Many of the people who suffer with mental health issues do so alone or without the relationship and the community that is available in the body of Christ. Fortunately, there are a tremendous number of resources that are available in the community for those who struggle or have need of help with mental health issues But the church has not always been one of those, and it is our goal to change that, to turn that situation around. Why? Well, first of all, because we follow the example of Jesus, and we're going to see that today, but also because mental health issues really are something that touch every single one of our lives. What do I mean by that? Well, What we know statistically is that one in five, 20% of us will experience some sort of a temporary mental health crisis during this year. And every year, another 20% of people experience that. Well, for an entire lifetime, what that means is that statistically more than half of us will experience a mental health issue at some point in our lives. And so that is a staggering statistic because it means that if it doesn't actually affect us personally, it certainly is going to affect us relationship in a relationship sense or in a professional sense, because those whom we know and love and work and live alongside are going to face these things. And so it is important for us to know how to navigate them, not just in a health sense, but also in a spiritual sense as well. It's also important for us to know so that we can recognize and receive help for these things early on. 50% or more of chronic mental health issues are diagnosed before the age of 14. A lot of young people deal with these things and and struggle with mental health concerns, and 75% of them are diagnosed before the age of 24. And so your college kids, your grandkids, your children, your great-grandkids, these are things that you need to be aware of and that you can be helpful as well. Because if people in the church, people of Christ, turn their back or ignore, uh, that's not helpful for anyone, especially the person who has need and who is struggling. So today we're going to jump into Mark chapter 5, and we're going to see how Jesus navigates a situation that, for some of us, will be a story that we've heard before, but maybe we'll look at it through a bit of a different lens. So I'm going to read most of the story, and then we'll go back and review some of the elements of the story. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. So they, meaning Jesus and his his disciples at the time, arrive at the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus climbs out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit 
comes out of the tombs to meet him. Somebody living in the tombs. This is the first sign that there may be there may be something going on that's out of the ordinary. Verse 3 says that this man lived in the burial caves, and so clear antisocial here, and could no longer be restrained, even with the chain. And so there's also uh, physical acting out and things that are going on alongside of whatever's happening here. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, so he tried to be controlled a lot, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance off, the man sees him, runs to meet him, bows low before him, and with a shriek screams, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, do not torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are so many of us inside of this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to a distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits come out of the man. They enter into the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunge down the steep hillside into the lake and drown in the water. What a loss. The herdsmen fled to a nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran, and people rushed out to see what happened. But I want you to see, I want you to see the response to this. A crowd soon gathers around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed, perfectly sane. This is amazing. But they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. It seems as though an uneasy relationship with those who are struggling with a mental illness has been something that has been around for thousands of years. The people then were as uncomfortable with this situation as we are today with many people who struggle and wrestle and live with mental health diagnoses. So what can we learn and gain from this? Well, the first thing that we have to recognize here is that um, there are really two paths to take. This is a little like a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, many people believe that this man is suffering from a classic demon possession scenario, and that's all. And that is an acceptable rendering of this passage. Then there are another group of people who believe that this is simply a classic mental illness situation, such as uh, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, uh, some other severe mental health crisis. Um, and I think that that is an acceptable answer to this passage as well. The difficulty here is that because there was not a psychology foundation um, in that time period, because they wouldn't have had words to describe mental health issues, everything is kind of lumped under this umbrella of 
demon possession. And so it may well be that it is a mental health crisis that's going on here, but there were no other words or frame of references to put it in. And what good would it have done for Jesus to have tried to explain something that that would not have been understood for hundreds of years, maybe even a, a couple of thousand years later at that time as well. And what we oftentimes see is that Jesus meets people where they are and where their understanding is. And God has a long history of doing this as well. So I think that no matter which path that you take, that this is a mental health issue and and there's there's no demonic forces in it, or or this is a clearly a, a demonic demon possession issue, and there's no mental health issue in there, uh, I, I think is an acceptable rendering of this passage. But it may well be, too, that both things are at play here. Uh, one of the things that I tend to believe whenever we come to Scripture is that um, any brokenness in the world, at the end of the day, the root of that is is evil, or to use a biblical word for that, is demonic. And so uh, I'm not sure that I personally see separation necessarily between those two things. Uh, not necessarily in the supernatural demon sense that, that they're everywhere and behind everything, but that all brokenness and all wrong in the world, anything that is less than what God's standard is, uh, at the end of the day, the description to that is is it's antichrist. It's not of God. It's broken. It's it's from the spirit of the world. It's it's demonic. Um, that's another conversation, maybe for another day. Here in this passage, uh, I would tend to see this as being at some level a mental health concern that's going on with this man. Uh, whether or not that's at a, at a base or at a low level or at a fully um, developed level because of the way that the story rolls out. Um, severe antisocial behavior, um, classic inability to be um, controlled or to control themselves. Um, whenever there is structure or controlling tried to happen that it becomes violent and even almost in a way superhuman in the response uh also the the ideation of the idea that that there is legion and, and many demons in, inside of them uh to me all of these seem to point to a classic schizophrenia or, or bipolar or mental health diagnosis, not just supernatural possession by a demon or not just possession at all uh, by a demon. So what do we make of Jesus interacting with the demon? Well, it's good psychology, actually. Um, whenever you encounter somebody who has multiple personality disorder or whenever you encounter somebody who has uh, schizophrenia or these things, it's, it's never a good idea to try to put that thing in a box and set it aside and, and ignore it, pretend as though it's not there. So oftentimes the church does this with people who are struggling or or facing um, not just mental health crises, but any crises in life. Ah, ignore that. Don't pay attention to that. Don't give, don't give validation to that thing that, that you're facing. Yeah, don't don't talk about that. Don't breathe about it. You know, name it and claim it. Whatever, 
whatever you name or whatever you speak of will be truth. And if you speak of that thing or don't speak of it, if you don't speak of it, then push it to the side and and uh, it'll go away. Well, that's ridiculous. What I love about this is that Jesus actually faces this thing. Why do I love that? Well, I love that because mental illness is real. And Jesus seems to directly face the mental illness situations, not just the disease of the body, but also the disease of the mind. And this is something that we need to do more of. Jesus interacts directly with the ideation of Legion, whether or not Legion was a real demon or whether or not this was a figment made up in the mind of someone who was struggling with a mental illness. I'm not sure that it matters because what is in view here is not, it's not the problem, but what's in view here is how Jesus interacts and handles the problem. And Jesus doesn't see this situation as a problem. Jesus sees this situation as a person and he meets him where he is. And whenever Jesus encounters people over and over and over again, he meets them where they are. And we should as well. It is not healthy, nor is it godly for us to pretend as though mental illness is not real. And by not talking about it as a church, by not facing it, by ignoring it, we're sending a message that not only is it not real, but we're sending a message that it is anti-God, which it is not. And we're also sending a message that God doesn't care because of our lack of caring. That's the wrong message to send. Why? Because Christ cared over and over again. The other thing that I love about this passage is that it shows us once again that Jesus never avoids the ill. Think about that for just a moment. Jesus never avoids those who have a problem. But how many times have we, as humans, how many times have we, as followers of Jesus Christ, avoided those who are ill? I mean, classic examples. People with AIDS back in the day. People with COVID today. Uh, the avoidance of people who are ill. But... But what about the avoidance of people who are struggling with mental illness, depression, anxiety, fear, not to mention those who are, who are truly struggling with chronic mental illnesses, but even those who are struggling with what we would call temporary uh, mental illnesses. Um, they're just a downer. They're always negative. They're way too stressful for me, and it stresses me out. Think about the things that we've said and that we say. Oftentimes what I've seen is, is that those people who struggle with mental illness don't end up feeling welcome in the church or oftentimes are even pushed out of the church community because they don't fit in. Because... We don't want to wrestle and struggle with what they deal with. 
And if we don't, then we are not the church. We should be facing, not avoiding those in need. Because that's what Jesus did as well. So where do we go with this? What do we say about this? I think what we have to say about this is that mental health is an important issue. And mental health is an issue that we must face in the church. We have to own up to the fact that it exists in the world and we have something to offer. The other thing, though, that I want to point out before we go, though, is that we also have to recognize that we don't have everything to offer on this topic. I'm not the expert, and unless you are a mental health professional, a trained licensed counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, a medical professional, you you, you aren't the answer to this question. People who are sick with disease need medical doctors. People who are sick with mental illness need mental health professionals. And it's our responsibility as the hands and feet of Jesus to get them to somebody who can help heal them. Jesus was the person who could heal this individual. You're probably not the person who can help the individual who's struggling with mental health, but they need you to walk alongside them, to stay in their court, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, maybe even to carry them in some moments to that place. That's our call. That's who we must be as a church. And if you, if you struggle with mental illness and Maybe at some point in your life you've struggled with mental illness and you have felt abandoned by the faith community, have felt as though you were mistreated by the faith community. I'm sorry. I wish I could say that it would never happen again. We both know I can't say that. What I can say is that there are those of us out there who are trying to do better, who are trying to be better, and we need you to help us understand how to do that and how to accomplish that. Your voice matters and you matter. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for challenging us. And thank you for correcting us in those moments where we don't act like Jesus in situations involving mental health and mental crisis. And so in all of this, I say, in the community of God, your sorrow is my sorrow, my sorrow is yours, and our pain is shared. Thank you for letting us share the burden. This Bible study on Brave Conversations is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, it's pretty good. You're going to like it. 
by the way. The podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ's Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we begin a conversation on domestic violence. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well, www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.